0: Hello and welcome to episode 252 of Constructing Comics, a podcast building stories one page and one panel at a time. On this episode, we have an interview with Armand Bodner, artist. This is Matt and I'm joined by Constructing Comics co-host Noah. Noah. Hey there. Armand, thanks so much for, for joining us. Let's, uh, let's start off with a quick uh, bio about yourself and then we'll, we'll dive into the, to the meat of the interview, the good old comics making talk.
1: Of course. Of course. Um, thank you again, guys, for having me. This is, uh, this is very lovely. Um, I mean, as, as far as myself, my, my personal story is, um, I think it's, it's terribly boring and shared by a lot of artists, (laughs) which is, I, (laughs) I liked art when I was young. And I, you know, I, I drew on everything I could get my hands on. I drove my teachers completely crazy, all that, all that fun stuff. I wasn't paying attention in school because I was drawing little figures where I should have been doing math problems. Um, always loved art, discovered comics in like eighth or ninth grade. Uh, really fell in love with the art form. Didn't really understand it was an art form. I just thought these are really cool pictures. Um, so from then on, I kind of started emulating comics. Uh, I graduated high school. And I knew I wanted to do art. And that's why I went to, to, to college for not art stuff, um, because I knew there was no money in art and I didn't have any real artistic portfolios put together. I didn't have any art prospects. Um, and then I, I spent four years in college getting degrees in things I was interested in, but uh, in the long term didn't appeal to me. Um, And I I spent a summer doing one of the summer sessions at the Joe Kubert school down in Jersey. Uh, And I, you know, I spent like a month just drawing comics and I knew not only is this what I want to do with the rest of my life, but I have the possibility to access the school and come here and actually hone my craft and and be better at it. Um, And that's kind of how I fell into my current job, which is thankfully very i've been very lucky to uh be able to work full-time as an artist since my graduation um sometimes comics mostly you know commission work uh production work advertisement stuff um the life of a a freelance comic artist is is very fickle uh but i've i've been lucky lucky thus far i don't know it's it's a terribly boring story there are so many other artists who have interesting backstories um, I just liked art and I drew and I have been lucky every step of the way. And I've been lucky enough to have a very supportive family as to wind up
2: here. I don't know. Talking to you guys. This is it. I've that's, that's, that's a really, well, you know, one thing that we always like is that like, you know, everybody has sort of similarities yeah. in their bios, but everybody's different in the end. So it's always cool to yeah. hear like how you ended up at like the Kubert school, because like we've had other people who've like had similar things where it's like, they, either started at the Kubert school and then, you know, like that's where they hone their skill or like, like your story mm-hmm. where they, they like went to college, they had another job and they were like, you know what, let's go to the Kubert school or something like that, you know, and everything. So it's really cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I definitely, um, I think all, all artists more or less start with the same kind of kernel of the, I really enjoy drawing and then, or I really enjoy art. And then it, it kind of, spirals out from there i i deeply wish i had a more interesting tale that was just like non-verbose word vomit about the the my entire past i'm like i i, I like drawing and then I, now
2: i'm here um well you know no one's yeah. gonna fact check your story you can just start over again if you want it's a to. really good okay yeah yeah <laughs> okay yeah
1: <laughs> i was born in a log cabin in the woods yeah. um <laughs> no i <laughs> I really should, I should just start no, Cause then people will fact check it. It's just yeah, mind. exactly. Uh, yeah. I, I yeah. would, I would much rather be an artist from humble beginnings because it's, it's easy. It's a very easy story.
0: Um, yeah. So yeah. I would have a question here as we're talking about sort of the, the origin story. Um, when you went, you went to school and you were, you said you were studying and getting degrees and stuff that you were interested yeah. in. Do you think that that's, um, a benefit to you, um, as you know, giving you sort of a, a background in something else. I, I don't know what your degrees were in, but like, uh, 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 if you uh, want to yeah. say, go ahead.
1: Oh, sorry, no, um, yeah, I, I, uh, I double majored. I have degrees in anthropology and psychology, um, and a oh. minor in art, uh, because I, I wanted to keep doing art. So I was like, I'll, I'll minor in it and I'll just keep the, keep the spark alive. Um, and I really, I really love those, those fields. I really love anthropology. I always have, I really loved psychology. Um, And I, I could absolutely see, you know, making a, making a career out of it, if not just for necessity, Mm -hmm. but there's, there's really enjoying the field. And then there's, you know, doing the thing that having successfully made the thing that you truly love with with every like deep fiber of your being, your job. And I get to wake up every day and I just look at the drawing board. And I'm like, I get to draw today. This is, I've cheated the system. People are paying <laughs> me money to do something I was going to do for free. Um, I feel like I'm scamming people. It's amazing. They're like, I, I would have done it for free. I'm, I'm doing it anyway, but people will pay me and they they want to see it, I guess. So, yeah, I mean, that's, there's, you can never go wrong with too much education. And mm-hmm. I, I think that absolutely everyone should, should 100% pursue things that they're interested in. Um, and then just when you, if you're lucky enough to find that thing, that it's the work that stops being work and just becomes who you are. Uh, that's really cool. That's really fun. And I'm, I'm very grateful to have found that at this point in my life. Um, God knows I hope I don't burn out and like in in a couple of years it just I refute all of this art is dead to me (laughs) I'm walking into
0: the woods so so kind of what I was going at there was I'm wondering if you feel like um, you know going to to a to a four year university and and going like I'm assuming like you know the first two years are sort of like you know the the general courses that that everybody has to take before they go into more specialized courses and so that probably made you uh, like a more well-rounded person because like one of the things I've heard about, you know, somebody or maybe one of the criticisms and I don't know if this is fair or not, but like say like a kid that gets out of high school and goes to SCAD and like they're they're, they're thrown into the, like art school and like I've heard some people saying like I wish there was like a way that like, wow, was that SCAD that was like art and a little bit of business and a little bit of this other stuff. So that like, you know, when it was time to come to read like a contract or to, you know, negotiate or just sort of keep books, like, um, they, they would have had that. So I'm wondering if sort of the route you took, if you feel that like now where you are, that, that was sort of a benefit to you.
1: Oh, uh, one 100%. Um, I personally feel that you're absolutely right, especially for, you know, for how I felt about the whole thing. um, because the having gone to a four year college and having that time period to mature and mm-hmm. and get I you know, I grew up in a small town, so being able to get out of that and actually like that's where I developed as a person. That's where I like kind of finished finished like the the, the forging of, of my general persona as an adult. Um that really helped. That was having that having that extra time to just Kind of mature and learn how to deal with things like deadlines and deal with other people and deal with a heavy workload. All was a, a massive boon um, when going into the Cubert School because the Cubert School is uh, very much unlike um, standard college. The Cubert School is, in a, in its way, it's a trade school. Uh, the workload is intense. Uh, it's very fast paced. It's very specialized. Um, and it's very small. Uh, the atmosphere of the Kubert school is basically like high school because it's a very small group of people. Um, you know, like half the, half the, the population there is, is people kind of in my shoes who have come from other, other parts of their life looking to, to pursue art. Half of it's like people who just came right out of high school and are looking to do comics. Um, so there's, there's this kind of very intense, uh, close social energy there that, for me, much more replicated high school. Um, and I definitely think, me personally, if I hadn't had my, my few years to, to mature and to mellow out um, at college and to kind of learn how to be my own version of, a, of an adjusted human being, I would have, I don't know if I would have handled Kubert well. Um, I probably would have burned out. I don't know how well I would have handled the workload, how well I would have handled like social stresses. Um, and also I wouldn't have been as good. I, you know, I, I spent all of those four years that I spent at college, I was still drawing the whole time. And while I wasn't good doing it, I still learned a little bit more and a little bit more every year. And then going to the Qbert, I had a, a slightly better foundation on which to build, um, yeah i i 100 god i'm just rambling now um i make our job so easy it's great <laughs> i i really like to talk about art and i really really kind of like to talk about myself sometimes just because it's fun it's the it's the story that i know best is the one inside of yeah. my head um we're not
2: complaining we like it oh, a lot where, yeah where so in yeah. god's
1: name was i uh, yes yes uh long story short i a hundred percent think for me personally um having those extra four years to like to cook and develop really helped me um and really helped me you know just be be more of an adult about handling my art
0: mm-hmm. so i'm going to check awesome. in with noah to see if he has a question but then after maybe a cut question or two i want to sort of uh maybe ex- explore your time at the, at uh, the Cubert school a little bit more. Please. Yeah.
2: Uh, yeah. I'm interested in, yeah. Exploring your time at Cubert school. And uh, I guess I'll start with like an icebreaker question. Um, I own some original art by um, Giovanni Valletta. Did you have him as a professor while you were there? Okay.
1: Okay. <laughs> I'm S so, I'm so glad we're here. I'm so glad we're at this point. So now this is where, yeah. this is where we get to break into the, to, to my secret origin. Okay. Summer, awesome. Okay, the summer course, that that month that I spent at uh at Cubert, Gio was my instructor. Um okay. and I I credit Gio 100% with being the person that that got me to go to Cubert because um you know i i don't know what to expect i roll up at the kubert school i'm super excited for that month and like the first or second day we're doing we're doing work and, and geo is phenomenal he's a he's a lovely man and a really gifted artist um and you know he's he's walking around looking at our work and he looks at my stuff and i still have my stuff from that summer it's a nightmare it's abysmal the fact that he was <laughs> able to look through uh, whatever it was I was doing and see like the the potential in it is is astonishing to me, but you know he looked at my stuff and he said if you if you actually pursue this, you could have a career in this in this field like I don't know what it was he saw, but he he saw it something in what whatever I was doing, and that was the that was the the singular push that I needed that one word of word of um, support from like someone in the school. Was all I needed to, to call my parents that night and say like, "So, I'm going back to school."
0: <laughs> um,
1: no, Geo. Yeah, he. That was that was the push. That was the thing that that hearing that there was a chance, even a, a you know a, a glimmering hope in the distance of a possible career doing this. Um, yeah, that changed my whole perspective on on whether or not this was. Uh, an attainable and sustainable career um i had i had known about the Kubert school for years like even in high school before i graduated i i knew about it the ads were in comic books all the time and it was one of those thoughts of like man that would be really cool comic book college i didn't have a portfolio and i i really didn't think that there was a career for a starving artist you know I, i'm mediocre at best um of course i thought i was i thought i was hot shit back then because my graduating class was 42 people and I was really the only one who was drawing. So my frame of reference for what was good art at the time was uh, completely shot. Because, um, <laughs> you know, when you're, when you're in a, a group that's small, you kind of become attached to, you know, everyone kind of knows you for your, your one thing. And I became known as the guy who draws. And I was like, I'm, I'm the artist. I'm awesome. Um, yeah. You know, and, and, you go to, and you go to the kubert school and one of the first things they tell you in the interview is uh you know a lot of people come here and they're like the best artist of their little group and they they think i'm gonna i'm gonna do comics and then the cubert school just absolutely breaks them of that um and i i will absolutely talk about that but the cubert school is is the crucible in which comic artists can be forged and or broken um, but yeah that was geo's geo's push that summer there um and just kind of seeing the the potential trajectory uh, really opened my eyes and and allowed me to to make that that next step in pursuing art as a career. Thank God I did. Thank God for Gio. What a man.
0: Yeah. So um I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Cartoonist Kayfabe with uh, Ed Pisker and Jim Rugg. Um, I am. I love that. I absolutely love that. So, like, I've seen some episodes where they'll um, talk about his time at the Kubert School, and he was actually one Mm -hmm. time sort of explaining that, like, you kind of start off on the first floor, and then you make your way up to the second floor, and I guess maybe, like, when you're close to graduating, you're on the third floor, and then he said there was a bunch of rooms that you couldn't go into because the roof was was leaking and stuff like that. But was that what it was? It was sort of like uh he kind of advanced up the floors as as you were there.
1: <laughs> um yeah, pretty much. Uh the the school is mostly on the on the second and third floors now. I'm sure it has changed slightly since his time. But man do I remember the leaky roof. Um <laughs> yeah the cubert the Cubert the school is uh it's it's there's a phenomenal wellspring of of uh, quirks and stories that I think all all QBs, all graduates there, kind of recognize. Um, certainly, when, when I was there, it was a little bit non typical. Um, I, I when I started uh, my first year at the Cubert School was the last year of um, the Cuberts' like direct ownership of it. Uh, you know, the school was the school was Joe's baby. Um, and, and every, every person, every teacher there, just about every teacher that works there was at one time a student, and they all have amazing stories about Joe Kuber and how he – like just an absolute machine of a man who could do some of the most amazing art and lay down the most potent wisdom without ever blinking an eye. Um, they have amazing stories about Joe and his time there. Um, by all accounts, the school was Joe's baby. He passed away in 2012, uh, sadly. Um, and then, you know, his sons who were teaching there at the time they took over, but also his sons were full time comic book artists. So now they're running a school and I think they, they reached a point where they decided, um, let's get someone else in here. Someone like, you know, we'll put the school up for sale. Uh, maybe someone will be interested in, in, in bringing some like fresh young blood to it. Um, and then in comes Anthony Marquez. He's a a former student. He owns a comic book shop. He's uh, a good friend of the Cuberts. Really wonderful guy. Um, he bought the school. And then my second year was like the transition year. Um, it was his first year. Lots of big changes. Uh, you know everything from like new paint jobs. Were some new some new staff. Uh, classes shuffling around. It, cool things were happening. Uh, there was a lot of talk about a bunch of really cool new. Um, new, uh, like, advancements he would make, new stuff. And then COVID happened and uh, everything uh. closed down. Um, yeah, mine, that was, that second year was super non-typical uh, because I remember they gathered us all together one day in, like, the meeting area and they said, so, you know, places are kind of closing down. So what we're going to do is we're going to move our, our spring break a bit early and then take another week on top of that. So we'll have two weeks off. We'll get everything ready, and then we'll see you all. You know, uh, this was in March, and I'm like we'll we'll see you all in two weeks, and then we didn't we didn't get back in the school proper until the end of the next year. Like it was, it was. Um, we went home, and they're like, "Yeah, we this is not happening. Everything is going terribly, and the world is on fire." Um, so they switched over to to remote learning in what had to have been the most uh, chaotic week or two of all of the teachers trying to figure out um, Google Classroom. And again, much to the credit of Anthony, the fact that he was able to, to keep everything going relatively smoothly and get every, all this remote learning stuff working and then get us all back in the building the next year, more or less. Um, yeah, like I, I can't extol his virtues of, of what he's done for the school enough. But I also... I can't pretend that my my story of going there was like the traditional one because a bunch of weird COVIDy stuff happened right in the middle that really uh, really deviates from the norm. I think, um, yeah. I'm sorry. Then what, was you, the, what was the question? Oh no no,
2: that's a, the thing. Matt, Matt asked oh, wow. about like what your years at the yeah. the school looked yeah. like, and then. So did you graduate this this year from the Kimberly I did.
1: School? I I did. I graduated very recently. Um I, <laughs> technically I'm I'm uh still a, a burgeoning young artist. Um I've just been been very lucky in that since graduation I have had a steady flow of work and a steady flow of interest. Um and thankfully with what I've got lined up and what it what it, how it looks like things are going that isn't slowing down much yet, thank God. Um yeah. I mean I've I've God, it's so rough like I spent many years doing art that was bad and then I spent three years at the Kubert school working non-stop and I started doing art that I I actually liked to look at about three weeks ago. So that huh. that's the, the, the curse of the artist is that you're always improving as long mm-hmm. as you're always working but because you're always improving you always hate what you're doing um i'm a i'm a a personal believer that you should kind of deep down hate some of your work because it means that there's always stuff you can improve on if everything you do if everything you produce you like this is perfect i i see no problems Uh, then you've you got to reevaluate what you're what you're doing because you've kind of peaked mentally and you're you're not making any improvements anymore
0: Related to yeah. that, do you ever like? Do you ever like put something down and maybe step away from it for a few days? And like, at, in the moment when you're like, "Oh, this is not working," but then you sort of you come back to it and you're like, "Okay, there's a few things here that actually do work." Um, do like the stepping away and coming back to something with with fresh eyes sort of change that? Like, oh, I, I don't like I, I you know in the moment like I don't like what what I'm doing right here. Like, do you ever have those experiences? all, all the
1: time. Um, and sometimes it's, you know, sometimes it's the, the really enjoyable experience of throwing the page down and walking away and coming back to it the next day and going, Oh, I don't know what I was thinking. That worked out really well. And sometimes Mm -hmm. you put the page, you put the page down and you kind of like stand over it. You're like, this is the best. And you walk away and you come back and you're like, everything about this is wrong. (laughs) The anatomy's off. I can't believe what I'm doing. Um, yeah, the act of the act of stepping away was one of those things. I I learned a lot at the Cubert School, um, especially because you know before going there, I wasn't doing art. I was just drawing characters that I liked and kind of aping comic books. Um, and I didn't like. I, I always enjoyed art, um, but I I never paid attention to to any of the actual artistic process or any of the actual techniques i just was like i'm just gonna draw batman because he's cool um i didn't know what i was doing i thought i did certainly and that's the um is that is that the dunning kruger effect where it's the the less you know about something the more well equipped and competent you think you are because you don't know what you don't know um I had a lot of that. And then the cubert school was three years of imposter syndrome. Um, as I came to realize all of the things I didn't understand and I had no business doing art. Um, but stepping away is one of the first big things that I learned. Um, if not just to give yourself space, because I have a really bad habit of the closer I get to finishing a piece, the faster I start working because I want to see it done. And then I start making mistakes and I get sloppy mm-hmm. and I'm cutting corners and you just have to like stand up. And walk away for half an hour, do something else and then come back and you reinvigorate it a bit you have you've refilled your energy gauge and you're willing to
2: to tackle it once again that's really good advice and that and Matt do you have any more questions about the Kubert uh, school um I guess just
0: one like do, do I, I'm wondering and like I don't know if this is a really good analogy but like Uh, and I've never served in the in the armed forces but it's always like I hear that like when you go ready to boot camp it's like they're gonna break you down to build you back up like at the end when when you leave do like because you said that you came they gave you the interview and they're like hey you know what you were you were hot stuff in your little circle um you know big fish in a small pond but now you're you know you're thrown into the aquarium with with all of these so do you do you feel like it was a little bit of like breaking you down making you go to basics things that maybe you thought you understood and then you sort of work through to like intermediate and then you're you're ready to go at the end
1: absolutely um it you know it is it is very much the the artistic equivalent of that um you know a very small scale um it's very much trying to you're trying to retrain a group of people um, who have all spent their lives drawing because, um, I mean, a lot of people, a lot of people show up at the Kubert School because they like art and they want to go to an art school. Um, and the Kubert School is a really intense workload. Uh, and the whole point of the workload, they tell you right up front, they say we're going to train you to be professional comic artists. And what we need to do to do that is to basically do our best to break you of all of your bad habits to teach you how to work on deadlines, to teach you how to, to be commercial artists. Um, comic book art is especially in America. Uh, it's commercial art. It's, it's not designed to be perfect. Um, it's designed to be, to be created, to be handed off, to be reproduced. Um, you don't have the luxury of sitting with it and noodling with it and making it you know, as perfect and I, as ideal as you want, you have to train yourself the, um, to to be fast and to accept the pieces that you finished. That was a really big thing that I didn't realize I needed. And I, I believe a lot of my peers, you know, did as well. Um, a big part of the workload is it's not only teaching you to work to a deadline, to work fast, but it, it teaches you to... Be comfortable letting something go in a state you're not happy with. You have to be comfortable reaching a, a point in the art where you say, "This is as done as it can be. I have to hand this in tomorrow. It has to be done." And that's mm-hmm. one of those things they have to, you know, they have to break you of. Um, and there's a lot of attr- there's a lot of attrition at the uh, the Kubert School. Um, our class shrank considerably. Some classes more than others uh some people come to the school just because they want to go to an art college and they don't realize it's going to be a a kind of intensive art boot camp um but you know not not everyone makes it through all the way whether or not they just don't hand in their work or they don't go to class or they're completely insane um there's always always really fascinating stories about interesting characters um because you're you're going to a comic book school so all of the all of the strange and interesting people you could possibly imagine do show up there. And I have, I have been in class with them and it's amazing. Um, It's a, it's a bizarre experience and I I absolutely love it. Um, But yeah, they, you know, you, you start from the ground up basically. It's not just comics. It's, we're going to do basic drawing. We're going to, I'm going to drill you in perspective. I'm going to teach you how to do, to, to do lighting and shadows and shapes and all this stuff. And just, trying to make sure that everyone has a good foundation and that everyone is able to perform at a, at a professional level. The whole idea is come the end of the three years, these are no longer your instructors. They're your peers. You are a professional artist. Um, And it's a, it's a, it's a great concept. Uh, It's I, I know I, I greatly enjoyed it. I got a lot out of it. Um, I know, all of the things I'm saying about the school and art in general are applicable mostly to me. Your mileage may vary. Mm -hmm. Um, I know some people who, who dislike art school, who, who didn't enjoy the Qbert school because it was, you know, too much or not what they were expecting. Um, You get out what you put in most certainly, you know, you, you can't just sit there and, and coast by, you have got to talk to your teachers, got to engage, got to, got to be invested because that's the only thing that helps you improve is you wanting to improve. Um, yeah. God, I hope there was an answer in there somewhere. Oh my God. There, yes, there, yes. There certainly uh, was. The, there the was, yeah. was, Yes. And no. And maybe all at the same time.
0: <laughs>
2: no, that, that yeah. was a great answer. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I guess I wanted to, to ask cause we, you, you were talking a bit about, you know, in that question, you're talking about, you know, how to work for deadlines and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And I'm kind of now interested to talk to you about your, um, your work process then. Like, how, how do you, like, have you always been someone that sort of worked traditionally and uh, with artwork? Um, so my, my, my work process,
1: I have always been a traditional um, artist, not necessarily by choice, but just by ease of use and necessity Um, Mm. because I just, I spent many, many years drawing with a pencil on a piece of paper because that was what I had access to. And that's what I knew really well. Um, and I will say that having gotten into comics and the the comics I got into, um, the, 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 my first comic book was Batman Hush. And when I was, you know, like in eighth, when I was in eighth grade, Jim Lee's art blew me away. It absolutely knocked my socks off. Um and that was I for years I'm like I want to be Jim Lee. Uh and and then I discovered through that all of those those like 90s artists who were then at that time working on Batman. Um Andy Kubert, Capullo, David Finch, uh all of those guys became like my wheelhouse for for years. Um and as I looked into their work and as I looked into how comics were made, I kind of shot myself in the foot because i i uh very foolishly and very stupidly decided um i wanted i would love to draw comics but i'm just gonna pencil because all these guys just pencil i I don't Mm. i'm not gonna i'm not gonna ink anything i don't i don't need to learn how to ink they have inkers for that that's how comics get made so i spent i spent many years drawing with the intention of the pencils or the finished piece um which, even in retrospect, just sounds stupid. Uh, but I, I spent a lot of years trying to do very, very sharp, very clean pencils. Um, and it absolutely was a nightmare for me. I don't have... I really don't have the brain for that kind of stuff. Um, I, can't, like, I can't do long-form detail. Like, I look at guys like David Finch and Jim Lee with all the hatching and I'm like, I, I couldn't possibly... I couldn't do this. I also, I was, I would, I do nothing about the actual creation process of comics. So I was like replicating pages from comics. I was reading one-to-one. So at, at the reduced scale. So I was drawing, I thought they were putting in so much insane tiny detail because I didn't know they were drawing bigger. I was an idiot. Um, So (laughs) I'm doing really stupid amounts of detail that are totally unnecessary and just, not paying attention to any of the, I'm not, I'm not learning anything about, 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 you know, um, perspective or, or page balance. I'm not learning anything about compositional stuff. I'm, I'm looking at none of that. I'm just looking at, Ooh, this guy draws Batman real cool. Um, So I spent years not inking uh, and just working traditional pencils um, because I was an idiot. Uh, And then I got to the Kubert school And the first year you really don't do much inking because the first year is all about, let's just make sure you can draw good. Uh, So I, I didn't, I wasn't at any kind of a loss. I was penciling a lot. I, I, I was doing my best to um, keep drawing in a very, very like nineties image house style uh, to a lot of, lot of like, you know, rippling muscles and, and, uh, early 2000s Batman kind of visuals. Um, and I was doing a lot of that. And I was, I was going completely insane because I didn't know what I wanted out of my art and I didn't know how I should be approaching it. There was a, a point I was carrying like five or six different types of pencils around with me just because I hadn't found a, I hadn't found a process that I liked. Um, I was trying a bloop and every week, Really, every every week at the Kubert School, for three years, I was trying something new and I was ping-ponging back and forth. Um, and then, you know, you spend one week and you're riding high because you're like, I've nailed it. I've, cra- I've figured something else out. I can draw faces now. And then the next week, you're sitting there and nothing is working. And every time you pick up the pencil, the page rebels against you. And you're like, I need to quit. I have no business doing art. Um, so I spent all my first year just trying to be... You know kind of jim lee uh doing pencils um and and at the same time i'm being introduced to new artists really amazing artists who i've never read before because i very stupidly hold myself up in i'm gonna i want to draw batman i like to read batman so i wasn't reading european artists i wasn't reading old comics i was reading batman um and and i'm i'm seeing these new and amazing artists and all these things that they're doing and then come second year then you ink and that is where it all fell apart because i had spent you know almost a decade drawing in pencil and i'd never touched a pen once uh and it was an absolute nightmare i fought inking so hard um i really wanted to ink because i i started to understand the the beauty in it, and also um, you make more if you ink the page uh, beyond just penciling. Penciling kind of gets you nothing unless you're a big name. Um, so I'm trying to ink, and it's just the worst. And 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 every so often I feel myself getting a little bit better, and then it gets way worse. And it's it's this constant back and forth. And I'm I'm drawing my pencils still so sharp and detailed that the inks are just devoid of life. And I'm not understanding. And then I decide, well, I'm going to start doing loose pencils and finishing it in inks, and that looks worse because my pencils don't actually mean anything, and the inks are fast. It was second year. Um, oh, man, second year. Second year is second year is the rough year, because uh, that's the year where it all, every student, there's something called the second year slump um, that the teachers always talk about and the first day. They're like, somewhere at the end of the school year, you will have a, a, a breakdown. And <laughs> I mean I think our, we didn't actually we didn't get to experience the the true second year slump because the end of our second year was all remote and everyone was going completely bonkers in their own way because we were home for covid so it, yeah. everything everything went um everything went ass over tea kettle come the end of second year for us but man second year was rough uh in retrospect you know I still loved it but whoo, looking back on that and then third year is all about about polish the first year they they break you down the second year you find yourself and the, the third year you refine it and, and become a professional and it's true I, I made huge leaps and bounds my third year. Um, the, the summer of COVID that that summer where nothing happened and um, like I, I had a job lined up and then suddenly I didn't have a job because of COVID and thank God the government came along and was like here's some COVID relief money. So you get to sit at home and, and I got to, I got to, COVID was the best thing for me artistically because I got to sit at home for a whole summer and do nothing but draw. And that was the summer I decided everything I'm doing is, is wrong. I'm starting from the ground up. And I, I had, by that time I had renounced um, the style I used to enjoy. I had, I had really found myself and really found that the, the, the thing that I loved in, in other new artists. And I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to try this again. I'm going to start over and I'm going to, I'm going to redo, I'm going to relearn how to draw this summer. Um, And that's when it all clicked. Uh, So I spent my third year refining that. Um, Third year was still a fight because I was, I knew where I wanted to be, but I didn't know how to get there. And my teachers, god god bless them they knew exactly what i was trying to do and they did everything they could to get me there um and then i kind of like i said i kind of started to find what i feel like might be the pocket uh a couple weeks ago um and i'm sure in a couple weeks from now i will change again completely because that's how that's how this works and i ping pong back and forth between stuff that i love um but yeah 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 um Oh my god, I've lost the thread again. I I'm so no, sorry. it's all
2: good. No, no. It's a, you you're talking about um refining your style and, and you know your, your 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 form of art.
0: Yeah. So I, I think one of the things that will transition us well um, is that we were going to when we were going to talk work process, we were going to talk influences. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking maybe you were leading this way that like when you decide to make this this change in, in your art yeah. style and you and you found this, this pocket that, that was working for you roughly three weeks ago, mm-hmm. uh, what were some of the uh, artists that were inspirations to you to, you know, go away from this highly detailed cross um penciling style to, to what you're doing now? And I'm scrolling through your Instagram page and I, I have some guesses, but I, I want to hear them. I want to hear them from you. Okay.
1: So... First, first and foremost, I, I have to get this out of the way. Um, I get I always get comments that compare my work to Mike Mignola, and I'm yeah. very I'm I'm very flattered by that um, because Mignola is is amazing. Uh, I never actively look to Mignola for inspiration because okay. his work his work is so iconic and has become so ubiquitous with. Uh, graphic shapes and like graphic art um, that it kind of capitalizes on like there, there are, there are a dozen amazing artists who do similar stuff, but you know, the great majority of, of people are like Mike Mignola and because God damn it, if Hellboy didn't hit big and it's awesome. Um, yeah. I try to, I try to avoid pulling from Mignola because he is so capable at what he does and has developed such a such an iconic system that works for him that he kind of breaks all of the rules of art, and it totally works. Um, and I've seen a lot of artists who try to ape Mignola, like one to one, and it doesn't because they don't necessarily understand how he thinks about every like every piece of his his art is so so specific and so. Uh, perfect in the way he does things you know it's it's his it's so iconically his um what i did realize i had done because i i listened to my, uh, an interview with mike mignola where he talked about his artistic inspirations i realized that i had pretty much looked at all the artists that inspired him and wound up at the same place <laughs> um, oh uh, the big one the one for me the blueprint the archetype alex toth um yeah it's a name i had no idea about before going into the cubert school uh our first year in cubert school we had a um a design course a a layout and design course taught by an artist by the name of alex stevens and he every week he would come into class with a new collection of art from our artist of the week and he would lay it upon us and every week it was it was like seeing the face of god it was Mm. you know Bushema and toth um uh kirby like these amazing amazing artists who i had never heard of because i wasn't i was stupidly not paying attention to to truly amazing comic artists um but i i I began to develop a, a great love and appreciation for the simplicity um and the the economical storytelling uh alex toth is definitely He's the one for me. Um, I know he drew from an artist by the name of Noel Sickles. Uh, I, I think Toth has a bit more life personally, but Sickles' stuff is great. Um, all of the, you know, there's a lot of artists out there who also clearly looked at Toth. Uh, Chris Samney, uh, J.P. Leon, um, rest in peace. I, that one was that one sucked. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. uh, Mignola, of course. All of these guys. Uh, um Darwin Cook, uh, I began to, to develop this great love for these guys using really economical line strokes, um, bold black shapes, and really simplistic design elements that really made things pop and read really well. Um, David Mazzucchelli's Batman Year One, for me, a, a master class of line economy. Um, and it was, it was such a dramatic swing for me. Because I really wanted to be the guy that was texture on everything, lines on everything, you can see every crease of of every you know every wrinkle of every costume, and now it it turned into i want to I want to eschew as much of that as possible um, our first year there, and this there there are two quotes that really really sit with me. Uh, they really kind of stuck in my head and echo every time i 'm drawing. Um, Our first year there, they have guest speakers and Klaus Janssen came in to speak. I I think it was Klaus Janssen. Um, And he said something that really kind of punched me in the gut, which was uh, a lot of artists use detail as camouflage. Uh, A Mm. lot of artists will be very over the top in their work. They'll use a lot of detail, a lot of cross-hatching, a lot of shadows. And what this does is it is it dazzles you and it distracts you from? Well, maybe the anatomy's not great, or maybe the perspective's not perfect. It all kind of gets lost in in the fog of of uh, dynamic visuals. Um, the you know use of style, if you don't have a strong foundation, can be a crutch, uh, and that really punched me in the gut because I'm sitting there. I'm like, I do that. Um, that's what I mm-hmm. do. I, I draw mediocrely and then, uh, put the old razzle dazzle on it because I hope that fills in the gaps. Um, and that, that kind of resonated with me as I was working. And I also started to read, um, some of Alex Toth's, uh, like the stuff he had written, like the, you know, all the, the letters and, and notes and stuff and him talking about, um, his art. And there's actually, uh, if I, if I can shout it out, there's a really fantastic podcast, uh, um, Alex Toth in Alex Toth in depth, uh, by a man named Paul Fricky, And it's a, this really amazing deconstruction of, of some of Toth's work. Um, and Toth had this really great quote that was, uh, something to the effect of when you're drawing, be lazy, you're getting paid the same, no matter how you draw. So draw simple draw fast. And if you draw well enough, people will still pay you for it. Um, and that stuck with me partially because I I was doing a lot of detail that I didn't have the brain for. Like I, I can't sit and focus for for longer than an hour on a piece at a time. And doing all this cross-hatching and worrying about putting in all this, all this rendering drove me completely bananas. Um, and I would get too hung up on a piece. I wouldn't want to change anything. And I couldn't, view the piece as a cohesive whole because I was spending too much time focused on inconsequential details. And I was spending too much time doing, I was spending all of my time in the back end of the piece doing rendering. I spent no t- like I would just lay down some quick lines. I wasn't figuring out shapes or forms. I did all of that when it came to the rendering and it, it never felt quite right. Um, and when I started to try to draw like Toth, uh, it really kind of clicked with me. Just this idea of, of it's just as interesting, if not more so, to try to tell a story with as few lines as possible. Um, and I, again, I want to stress that this this is just me. This is just how I think. I, there's, I have plenty of, of peers and classmates who do really detailed stuff and I envy them every day for it because I don't have the brain for it. Um, I just... I, I like heavy shadow shapes. I like uh, bold, basic compositions because there's something really fun about it for me. Um, and I, it took me, I spent a lot of time not understanding that that's what I wanted. I knew I wanted to draw simple. I didn't know how I was supposed to do that. And, and again, as I said, credit to my teachers, um, particularly Tom Mandrake. Uh, he knew exactly what I was aiming for. Um, and every week he's like, you have to, you're you're still you're drawing, but you're not drawing the thing underneath it. Drawing simple is f- so deceptively complex because it's simplistic. You see simple basic shapes, but in order to sell a simple piece, a basic piece, a Tothian piece, you have to put in the effort on the the front end. You have to figure out all of your shapes. Everything has to be airtight underneath of that, and mm-hmm. that took so long for me to to come to grips with and to wrestle with cuz i just wanted to draw you know simple lines um, and he kept riding me on that for for months he's like you're not you're not dealing with this you're not figuring out your shapes i know you're trying you're getting better at it but you i i'm going to keep i'm going to keep on you until you you crack crack that and um, thank god he did because I feel a lot better for it. I I actually I I reached a point where I'm like I get it now. I get what he's talking about. Um and I hope it I hope it it reflects in some way in the work. Um I always think about him uh when I'm when I'm drawing now. I think about his his admonishing me for uh trying to be simplistic but trying to take the the shortcut there. Um Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I think it shows. I mean, I think that's sort of what Obviously now I am an owner of a Armand Bodner original, <laughs> so I, 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 I've been looking at it a lot. And um, one thing that sticks out to me that blew my mind when I opened up the art last week was how much. Uh, yeah, how. Well, also, I was looking at the the piece I have, which is the 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 Fremen Tuscan Raiders piece. Oh yeah, which is yep. which is really great, and I've been showing it to a lot of people oh god (laughs) but i was looking at that one and then also your your recent mummy sketch that you did of like the brendan fraser one yep and um looking at those two and like again like i i looked at the color version of the the mummy one and i was like oh man there's so much going on here and then swiping through to the inks i was like oh wait there really isn't like it is very simple like Uh simple shapes and um how you like you you don't like the revolvers in in Rick's hands aren't like fully rendered out, but I'm like, Oh, I know that they're revolvers, you know, Um, and maybe that's me being familiar with the character, but maybe it's also you being a good Tothian artist.
1: Well, that was, that was the other, the other really big, one of the other really big lessons that Tom imparted on us. And it's that um, to, when you're, when you're drawing a comic, you are essentially, you're drawing real life. Um even if you're drawing a fantasy comic, you have to make the people reading understand uh you have to make the people reading understand what they're seeing very quickly and that it has to feel real to them. And the only way to do that is to r- pull from reality. Um mm-hmm. you have to, you know, you can't phone stuff in if you want to if you want to sell it. Um and again, that's another one of those things that I struggled with is I think a lot of artists have that where you're, you're drawing something and you reach a point and you're like, I'm not, I'm just going to like, I'll just eyeball the car or I'll just eyeball whatever, you know, the, the building it'll work. Um, and you, and it, it, for me, it never did because there are certain, certain landmarks on things, certain visuals that everyone kind of knows what it should look like, even if they can't put their finger on it, Um. And they know if, if you fake it. Uh, so even if you're drawing simply, you still have to hit those landmarks. And it's, it's this really cool magic trick where if you can draw something convincingly enough, um, the, the person looking at it will just kind of fill in the detail because they know what it's supposed right. to look like. If you have to, to look at something and think about what it might be, then you, your brain doesn't get to fill in those gaps. Um, like there's a lot of – have you ever seen uh, – um, I, th- I, I believe it's like lots of like art for uh, – concept art for like Gundam and uh, kind of like robotic stuff like that where there's these really, they, these really detailed looking figures – painted very swiftly. And then the closer and you get to them, you realize like, oh, there's not actually detail on this. There's just a couple like lines and, and, and dots of color. And my brain goes, well, it's a robot. So I'm going to fill in, you know, panel lines and lights. Um, and if you can, if you can get people to, to fill in the information on their own, and that's one more thing you don't have to draw. Um, and I can't pretend that I've mastered that skill, but it's a really cool skill to think about. Like if you can, if you can make something look convincing enough that people will accept it, then you've done something very well as an artist.
0: Yeah. That, I mean, that's that yeah, I, I think about that a lot. And when you were going through sort of the, the description, I was thinking about the times when um, Chris Somney will put, um, something up on Instagram where it's sort of the process picks and he'll show you like, yep. the, he'll show you like the, the final piece where it's all of these amazing, like dark filled in, you know, it, it you know, it's Batman at the cows, you know, just a little bit of white popping out of a shadow. And then he sort of shows you, pe- you know, you know, lesser inks and then pencils and thumbnails. And you, and you see that there is some of that work done just to those basic shapes. And then, you know, we see this like, really dark heavy shadow you know batman we, we see maybe like a sliver of, a, of an ear um illuminated um so i i like when you were describing that i was thinking about those sort of process picks that somni will put up yeah
1: somni's somni stuff especially that is is an amazing um look at like simplification and just getting rid of lines um he does some really cool stuff where he'll He'll just completely remove holding lines from stuff and use, use just your brain filling in the shape to to make yeah. it look good. Um, it's so cool. It's so cool, and I I absolutely adore that. And I it's that's one of those things. I'm like, my oh God, I wanna, I wanna I wanna make that happen. Um, I'd love to do that in some of my stuff. But you know, with 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 time and practice and effort, and then I'll I'll spend like a month drawing like that, and then I'll I'll read a new comic book and then I'll go over there and kind of steal some of that artist stuff. Um, But like, that's, that's my favorite stuff is Mm -hmm. the longer you look, the more you realize like, Oh, there's nothing here. And it's amazing that my brain just said, look at all the detail that, that doesn't exist. That's so cool to me. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And, and that is one of those things that's it. Whenever I do that in my pieces, certainly I have to think about it way more than if I were, if I were just going to drop some detail in there. Like I have to sit there and, and think about, well, how much can I take away and how much can I, can I put in to try to like sell this and how much, how much is too much and how much feels hokey? Um, and I'm sure I overthink it. I think most artists do. But it's a, it's a really fun process, um, even if it is agonizing. Well,
2: yes. we have fun hearing about it. So I, I would I think so. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, yeah. you know, I we we've done the 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 origin story, you know, we've gone really mm-hmm. in-depth into sort of the early process um and, and the inspiration. Um so I have really, I guess maybe like two questions. Um looking at your Instagram, um, it, it looks like you've you've made this tr- you know, this transition of not just wanting to be a, a, a Jim Lee penciler, you know, you're, you're, mm-hmm. you're an artist is, is it still everything um, uh, traditional? Or are you like a hybrid artist now where you're like, you know, you're, you're starting off with, with pencil on paper and you're, you're going to a computer and you're, you're, you know, adding and, you know, just sort of cleaning up. Like what's, what's your process like now?
1: I, uh, I try to stay as traditional um, as I can. For my, for my pencils and inks. Um, I really like the feeling of, of uh, you know, a pencil and a pen on paper. Um, mm-hmm. I like the control that it gives me. I really, I do love the uh, kind of omniscient power you have over a piece in Photoshop. And the, the infinite possibility of going in and fixing and changing and tweaking and, and going back out. Um, for me, that, that became a, a, a great kind of curse. Uh, I had reached a point where I was pretty much just slashing through my inks and then I would upload them into Photoshop, um, and then I would just do a thousand and one changes and corrections and redrawing and this and that and the other thing uh, in Photoshop to get it to a point where I felt comfortable with it. Um, and then I, I do all of my colors digitally uh, just for, for for ease of use. Um, hmm. I'm not I'm not a, a very like. I'm not terribly good at visualizing things in my head um, all of the time. I kind of have to work things out on the page, which is fine when you're you know, an artist and you can just scribble stuff down. Um, but when I do coloring, uh, I really have to, to do a lot of trial and error. I know what I want, but I have a hard time visualizing it, so I have to do lots of tweaks. Um, so for me, digital coloring is is preferred... Uh, or if I'm doing traditional, I'll do like a digital, uh, mock-up to get my, my palette down. Nice. Um, but when I was doing that, I was, I was spending all of this time changing stuff digitally in Photoshop. I was, I was, I felt that I was hampering myself because I was removing, uh, a part of the art process. I, I was stealing from myself the ability to make changes on the page and just doing it digitally. Um, I was losing the ability to, to have a finished ink piece because I was pretty much doing my inks digitally. Um, and I was, I was, uh, doing too much. I was spending too much time in, in Photoshop changing my inks because in Photoshop it's, it's infinite. And I would spend, you know, like an hour, just like redrawing little tiny lines because I thought they weren't crisp enough or clean enough or I'd be doing too much zooming in and doing all this little detail that didn't mean anything.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then I, I decided to uh, return to a more traditional method and spend my time doing all of that with, you know, the, the classic artist tools of, of uh, white gouache and some acrylic paint pens. Um, and that's how I do a lot of my adjustments and edits now As I do them. I do it all physically. I like to try to keep the, the piece, as traditional as possible before it comes to to colors, if not just so I can sell it later, but you know, I, for me, I like, I like the, to work on the page. Um, It also allows me to kind of step back and have a a better view of it. Um, I have a couple, you know, I know plenty of artists who do amazing digital work and again, I envy them. Um, That was one of the great, the great, benefits and curses of the Cuba school is that uh, no one there was the same artistically. Everyone there had vastly different art styles and approaches. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was amazing being able to, you know, come the, uh, come to the end of a project, you all hang your work up there and critique them. Um, Seeing everyone's approach. uh, And it, it was great because you just got to go along the line. Like, Oh, that's fantastic. I'm going to steal that. I'm totally stealing that technique. It was awful because all you ever did was actively, uh, want to try what other people were doing, which kind of takes away from you focusing on, on yourself. I know I did. Certainly I, I spent less time than I should have, uh, focusing on what I could do best and more on looking at what other people were doing well and envying them for it. Um, And also, you know, it just, you, you put up your page and you're feeling good and then you see the guy next to you put up this immaculate piece and it's a real kick in the balls and you're like, damn
2: it. I'm stuck.
1: I can't believe I'm doing this. Um, but that, uh, that, um, having that, that kind of, where was I going with this? Um, well, then it's going to come back to me. I've totally lost it again. God damn it. Um,
0: well, you were talking about like how you, you, you you wanted to go back to sort of the traditional stuff on the, on the pens yeah. and so that you didn't sort of mm-hmm. fall into the trap of. Ah, yes. Uh, that's where know. I was going with it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, th- being able to, to see what other people are doing and see how they work digitally. Um, and traditionally was, that's what made me want to continue doing traditional work. Um mm a lot of a lot of the people that were doing work digitally, the work was amazing, but it it wasn 't necessarily what appealed to me mm-hmm. um, and there was a bunch of stuff that people were doing traditionally that i that really spoke to me and i I really kind of added into my repertoire and a lot of the teachers uh, would typically work uh, traditionally and do traditional demos, so it was very um it was a very cool learning experience just kind of watching them work firsthand, mm-hmm. uh, especially when, when, like me, you had no prior inking experience. Um, watching someone, watching a master, you know, ink a piece and just kind of being in awe of everything from like how are they holding their pen to how are they making this line and then trying to replicate it and completely botching it. Um, there was There was something about watching the traditional stuff it being finished that uh, that felt more um, conducive to my, to my work and my desires than digital, not knocking digital. Digital is absolutely fantastic. It just wasn't for me.
0: Yeah. It for me. So I, I think I want to try to move us to sort of like the, uh, the everyday life of a, a comic artist, somebody who went to the K- Kubrick school finished up mm-hmm. And, and you graduated and now you're working. Can you tell us a little bit about like what your, what your average day is like?
1: Um, for me, I mean, again, I have to, I, I always must preface it and say that I'm, I'm either, I, I'm lucky enough um, that I have constant work. Uh, you know, when you're first out of the school, that the goal is to work of course. Um, and the school facilitates that through your third year, you're doing all kinds of, of portfolio reviews and, Trying to get your work out there, um, and I was I was certainly lucky enough to to have some people come to me and and uh, to like my work and to ask me to do stuff and to have some ongoing you know like production work gigs, um, so I'm I'm very very uh, very lucky that I have that going for me. So that means I, I get to work pretty much full time as an artist, um, which means I get to wake up. Uh, whenever I want to, um, you know, if we're being romantic about it, but I, you know, I I wake up relatively early. Um, and I, I sit in a chair for 12 hours and then I eat some food and I go to sleep. Um, if you remove things like comics and, and, uh, you know, artwork in general, it sounds a very unglamorous life. Um, my days are, are, they're busy, but I never, uh, I never tire of the work. Thankfully. Um, I have been, been very, very lucky in that I haven't had to work terribly hard all the time. Um, when you're trying to meet deadlines, certainly. Uh, and when you have like rush projects, of course there's, there's a a rough turnaround, but I, um, I usually get to pick which projects I'm working on, uh, from my, my, my general list. I have a whiteboard with all of my stuff going on it. Um, I have my very messy work area that is stacked high with papers and things. Uh, I try to spend some time in the morning and some time in the evening drawing for myself uh, partially as a warm-up and cool-down. I know some artists don't need that. Some artists don't like that. I need to get myself going um, a little bit for inking. Uh, And I I need to draw for myself because at the end of the day, drawing is still one of my favorite things and I, I would like to get some of the things in my head down on paper um trying to to oh my the cat just wandered in
0: oh so um, yeah, fine. um just yeah uh, so good. Uh, Noah, i'm gonna let you um ask a question here because i feel like i've asked a lot of the questions of late um but that i think will sort of maybe bring everything to a close as to like what you're working on what we can expect to to see from you in the in the in the near future oh my
1: god yeah i I just had i I, said
0: one
2: i'm
1: sorry sorry i was gonna say i wish i had much like my origin story i wish i had a more a more interesting tale of what i do during the day but i i wake up and i i draw and then i go to sleep Um, and I'm, and like a dream. I need to get out more. It's a dream, but also when I say (laughs) it out loud, it sounds insane because I'm, I'm not getting out much. I, I get out on weekends and, and that's about it. You know, I spend all my time at the desk and then I, I, um, you know, I'll, I'll finish doing pencils or inks and then I'll scan it in and then I move over to my computer desk and then I'll do colors. Um, and depending on the project I'm doing, you know, if I'm, if I'm doing narrative stuff, it'll, it'll be uh, dependent on what stage in the process I might spend days doing pencils or days doing inks. Um, I might be doing layouts. Uh, if it's commission work um, I usually move through those like one a day or so. Um, but I, I just wish it was, it was more interesting and glamorous than one man alone in a room at a chair um, like if, if, if you took away the, if, if you took away the art and just slid me a manifesto, I would, it, it would not be different from like some kind of insane, any of, any of the absolute lunatics throughout history who have sequestered themselves away with their work. <laughs> um, God, <laughs> I need to do something with my life.
2: Well, I mean, I, I, I hate to break it to you, but I mean, I don't know if it's the same for you, Matt, but that sounds an awful lot like my day. I'm just doing a job that doesn't really fulfill me on a on like an artistic level i guess so yeah, yeah. um yeah
1: that's i suppose that's where that's the thing i i can never complain about is that i i feel fulfilled um i'm i'm certainly lucky enough that i get to wake up every morning and just kind of you know like i get to draw again today i'm so excited i'm so <laughs> excited that i didn't have to go back to work at, at shop right or wherever um <laughs> yeah and, and I, I really, I love what I do and I'm super happy that I'm able to do this and I'm super grateful that I'm, I'm in this position um, because I know, you know, I've, I've been in the position where I'm not loving what I'm doing. I, where I'm, I'm working just to, just to make money. Um, and I know some of my peers are in that position now and I, I just want everyone to be successful artists, but I, I, I can't help but feel like I just absolutely lucked into it. Um, There is, there are better artists out there than me that I know. uh, And there is no reason that they, that I should be working and they should not. um, And that I should, should be living this kind of, for no, for however long this lasts, this could, this could dry up tomorrow and I could be back on the street doing whatever. Um, Again, it's, the, the life of a freelance artist is fickle. Uh, I have, you know, if every, if every project I was pitched or asked about came to fruition, I would, I would never want for money again. But you know, there's for every, like every, like five projects that someone comes to you with, maybe one of them actually turns into a job. And then maybe if you're lucky, that one gets picked up. I've, I've worked on, on projects that just fall apart. I've worked on projects that end up getting a shelf. Um, I've been pitched many projects that, you know, someone will come to you and say, Hey, I want to work on a graphic novel. And you say, I'm always happy to work. What do you got? And then, and they say, well, I don't have a script, um, or a story, uh, or a plan, but here's my pitch. And like, I just look, I'm very happy. Everyone and their mother wants to make a graphic novel. I'm very happy that people are, are trying to get, in, get into it. Um, I need a script. I, I can't like help write it. I can't help you write it. I can't help you pitch it. I'm just, I am super happy to make your, your vision a reality, but I can't, I can't work without a script. I need it. I need the offer to be ready to go. But again, I, you know, as much as I jest, I can't complain because even if it turns into nothing, people are still interested. People are, are, coming to me and talking to me and the more people that the more work that I get, the more, um, work I get in the future, the more work I'm able to to push towards my, my fellow artists. Um, you know, my, my, my dream is to just be able to have enough work that I can start shilling it out to, to my, my compatriots who are undeniably better than me at art and should also be working. And I am an imposter who has, uh, sits upon a throne of lies um yeah yeah i mean so i I guess my day is uh psychosis and imposter syndrome um and like a deep deep desire for uh any kind of personal interaction
2: well it you you, i i won't make it too awkward for you but you're you're pretty great and i think you sell yourself short (laughs) so and i I think that that's a I'm
1: sorry. Go ahead. Oh so, well, I, I also you know I I dread I dread the thought of of being a diva artist. Um, that uh-huh. I just I, I I fear I fear that. And there are you know there there are some real divas out there in the comic art community. Neil Adams, um, but
2: <laughs> uh-huh.
1: uh, please edit that out. I don't want to I don't I don't want to be killed by the
2: by his. Condom. He knows. But oh, he knows. He, <laughs> he knows. knows. He. knows.
1: He owns it. He's a legend. He, he absolutely like 100% legend material. Um, oh yeah. But I just, I don't want to be that person right now at this stage in my life. Um, and again, also because I, I, I went to, to school with all these other really talented artists and I just, the art community is, is in many ways very small. Um, I just want everyone to be successful. That's all I want right now. <laughs> just want right. to see other people other people be as lucky um yeah so i mean I'm, I'm always happy to push people towards them if they're able but you know yeah come, come to me with work first like i'll i'll send it to them, <laughs> but start with me i still need money like i still want money um yeah yeah I, yeah
0: so uh let's 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 finish up here um uh, with the sort of the the things that are on the horizon that y- you can tell us about and uh uh, you know, also as we're sort of, um, I know we're getting into the winter here in the United States yeah. and stuff like that, but, um, and it, we're getting back to normal. Um, are you enjoying sort of the possibility of, of hitting the con circuit? Uh, so just talk about like future plans and, and stuff that we could, we should look out for.
1: Um, absolutely. Uh, I've got, um, I'm not exactly sure when it's going to hit, hit print, uh, sometime within the next few months, I believe. Um, I did a did a book at the end of my my uh, my third year at Cubert um, called Digital Lizards of Doom, uh, volume two. Um, I think it's coming out by way of uh, the Printing House Lesser Known Comics. Um, that was a really fun experience. Uh, I I I I wish it would never see print because purely artistically. Um, the strides I've made between then and now are, are vast in in the same way that I'm sure between now and five months from now, I will have dramatically changed again. Um, and I look back on it already with just that thought of like, Oh man, I used to draw like this. What was I doing? Um, but I'm, I'm still happy with it. Uh, it's a very, it's a very fun story. Um, and I got to, I got to collaborate with Nick Nunez who is, uh, one of my, one of my favorite artists that I, I went to the school with his stuff is absolutely fantastic. Um, and it was, that was a really fun, fun project. It was a really great learning experience. Uh, that'll be out soon. Um, I've worked on a couple small, like I've, I've got stuff going right now that's, um, you know, people want to pitch that is in, in production. Um, that could, and of course, given the way comics are made, that could literally become nothing. Uh, I worked on a project that fell apart, um, because I, I don't know, behind the scenes writing drama again, I'm just, I just get the script and I make it happen. So when I'm told the project is over, uh, I, I can't really complain. Mm-hmm. Um, I've worked on more things that have either been shelved or fallen apart, uh, than I have that are, are going to see print. Um, but again, that's, that's the life of a freelance artist. And as long as you get paid for the work you do at the end of the day, it's, I, I can't complain too much about that. It's all, it's all good. Um, I, I have a bunch of, as I said, potential projects, things that are looking interesting on the horizon, uh, that I can't really talk about because I don't know if they're ever going to happen, but should they, um, I will certainly shot them from the rooftops. Uh, and just personally, um, you know, right now it's the the Christmas season. Uh, everyone wants art commissions. I've got a bunch of those lined up. I'm always happy to take those. Um, and I'm my my plan on, on a personal level is to just kind of keep doing, um, just keep trying to get stuff out there. Generally, I have had a very uh, I have had a bumper couple of weeks um recently uh in the the Instagram sphere um some of my my Star Wars posts hit very nicely uh and I've I've gotten a lot more views recently um and that's been very nice uh and I I think I'm just going to keep trying to get work out there um keep up updating my my various portfolios and just continuing to do as I have been doing and hoping it doesn't all fall apart um again as as with more things i wish i had more to say and more more interesting things to to, to pitch but the i i don't have a whole lot reaching the public uh soon but you know well, it happens what can you do
2: well when when you do you have you're welcome to come back on and talk more about it and you know no, you talk more about process that'd be great
1: Oh, I God, process. I didn't even talk about process. Um <laughs> no, I, I, yeah, I would I would I would be absolutely happy. This was really lovely. Um I I'm always happy to talk to talk shop about comics. Um maybe to my detriment, just because I I, I love it so much and I love it as an art form. Um something that I, I never felt when before I knew about it, like as an art form, before I understood the the artistry that is involved in it i love talking about other artists i love uh talking about about how to make comics uh that much cooler um i can't promise that i'm the guy to make better comics but i just i just really love comics as as an art form european comics especially my god that's comics are genuine art over there
0: jesus i agree yeah yes So you mentioned that uh you're getting some traction with some some Star Wars posts on Instagram. Where where are the best places to to follow you online? Um I do the great majority
1: of my art posting on on Instagram, uh, Armand Bodner, A R M A N D B O D N A R. Um same same place on Twitter if you're interested. I have only been recently starting to to upload stuff there, but um after that whole uh Facebook crash, uh, you know, a couple couple weeks back or so. Mm -hmm. um, I realized that maybe I should try to branch out amongst other other platforms. I I even started posting stuff on Reddit just to get it out there. Okay. Um. Yeah. I mean, I I I spent a while not really working on a on a on a social media presence, um, partially because I didn't have the time. And partially because I didn't really have anything I wanted to post, and it was just a lot of effort. Um, recently, I've just been enjoying it more as as a, a very nice, like cathartic uh, way to just put some art out there, to, to do like little homages and tributes to things that I enjoy, mm-hmm. um, and to get eyeballs on my work. Uh, people that say you don't get work through Instagram are wrong. There is always work to be had on Instagram. It is not always uh, – not always – perfect and doesn't always work out but there are plenty of people who are willing to to hire artists um if you can get your stuff out there uh yeah i mean if 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 anyone has made it this far into the podcast and hasn't turned this off in rebellion of me me talking (laughs) um follow me don't follow me send me hate mail i I don't know i just i just like interaction
0: (laughs) yeah yeah awesome well i you know i've been as we've been talking i've been i've been scrolling through through your instagram so we're going to put a link to that uh in the show notes um for anybody listening to just to make it as easy as possible for them to find i'll also um link your twitter um as well
1: thank you kindly i appreciate it i hope i hope that this this whole rambling cavalcade of me talking is actually editable editable into some kind of cohesive narrative. This is, this has been very lovely. Thank you for, for allowing me to just word vomit all over you guys.
0: No problem. It was, a, it was a lot of fun. There was a lot of yeah. uh, origin stories, inspiration. Um, you even gave us a, a, a podcast uh, um, recommendation that I need to check out the, uh, the Toth uh, podcast. So yeah. It's, it yep. it's, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. So yeah and as noah said you have an open invite so you know some of these things get more formal down the road and we come back we can jump back into that process and then talk about these 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 projects uh in the future
1: thank you kindly i i i i greatly appreciate it. you guys have been very wonderful thank you so much for this very cool Uh, so i hope i performed well you you oh yeah man (laughs) the the dancing
0: (laughs) monkey (laughs) you certainly Uh, did um, yeah. so, so I'd like to just thank everybody for listening. If you could give us a rating and review on the podcasting service you use, we really appreciate it. If you want to follow the podcast, we're on Twitter and that is at construct Compod. Instagram is constructing comics pod and Facebook is constructing comics. In addition to that, there's going to be a link to future tales of sci-fi, which is on Kickstarter right now um, that features a story um, with art by Noah And it's written by myself. And Noah also has a variant cover to to that uh, comic. So that'll be in the show notes. But uh, once again, I'd just like to thank everybody for listening. Uh, Please be safe, be nice to each other, and go out there and make some comics. Thank you.